I'm Laurieann King. I'm a psychic medium and a portrait photographer, and as often as I can, entangled into one nurturing experience. My podcast is about sharing the ephemeral, transitory observations. These are the experiences that, when we are aware, can change our perceptions. So this is an invitation to gently hold still and experience moments through a quiet and reflective lens of visceral introspection and, so importantly, self-connection. Join me. Well, it's another episode of the Blue Sky Goddess Circle (laughs) with uh, Gracie and Barb and myself. And, uh, yeah, it was a lovely, meandering, deep, playful, insightful sharing around forgiveness. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. Hello, Barb. Hello, Grace. Hello. Hello, ladies. Hello, lovelies. I like Gracie. I like that. I, didn't you? Oh, yeah. You, you can call me Gracie. Gracie. My, My friends call me that. Yeah, we I call love her Gracie. Gracie. Yeah. I, I really like it. It, it um, Yeah, it just feels like it goes in a little bit deeper into the into that <laughs> juicy place. Yeah. So how, how are you well, actually, tonight? They actually call me Grace E is what they call me. Right, Barb? Yep. <laughs> Grace E. There's a story with that. Uh, all right. Well, you can't you can't tease us without telling us the story. What's the story? Oh, yeah, no, no. That that was also part of the Santa Fe. We were on a Santa Fe trip. Um, Barb, myself, and three other women that we we traveled together as the Green Umbrella Sisterhood, and uh, they came up with that name for me there. Um, yeah, Barb can explain the story better than me. No, no. You know, I was so loopy. Do you remember that? Um, Lorraine, there's um, Santa Fe is about 4,000 feet above sea level. And, and I've been places that are way higher, like Bogota or, or somewhere in Colorado. But for whatever reason, I was like, Santa Fe just got to my head. Like it was... Uh, I got really, like, the oxygen was really thin. I got kind of, it just really got to me. I was short of breath, but it it eventually got every one of us. I remember we had a drink, and oh, my gosh, it was, I was just out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's one of those places, isn't it? It's one of those pretty high vibrational places where lots of, uh, you know, un- inhibition seems to, uh, you know, be dismissed with and, um, you know, people kind of open up, you know. Yeah, must be because yeah. it really affected me. Yeah, well, it's, that's cool. And, and you know, I think sometimes when we're affected by a place, it's, it's almost like, uh, well, you know, there's different sort of timelines crossing over, you know, other time and place and, Maybe you've been there before and, and you were just sort of, you know, walking through your own shadow or something well, like that. Well, remember, Grace, and one night after dinner, we went to that old hotel bar and we had a drink. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I swear there were spirits there for sure. Wow. Yeah, that place for sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's interesting too, Lorraine. Just as you were talking, I was remembering we did this hike. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you remember, Barb? It was yes. uh, in the same area where that famous painter lived. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and you'll remember her name. And yeah. um, and I was like a kid. And, I, and just as you were talking, Lorraine, I realized whenever I go to the south, so I was recently in Sedona, yeah. And the same energetic happens, mm-hmm. and they're very quite close on the same latitude lines. They're uh, Sedona and and uh, Taos, anyways, yeah. Santa Fe area. Mm-hmm. And I, I turned into this like child. Do you remember, Barb? I was like singing all these songs that were from like 
you know, the sound of music and just running up the hill. And mm. um, it was pretty funny. Yeah, it's funny. Oh, yeah. I've been to Sedona a number of times and um, yeah, I, I hear you. There's something. And then, and then you can kind of, then you can sort of collapse as well into a lot of processing. I, I swear every time I've been to Sedona, I've had my, my butt kicked from one end to the other, you know, but it's, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, these really powerful places. I don't stay that long. Maybe that's why I go in and it's really intense and I'm like the five-year-old kid is, you know, who's like, can we go over there? We need to go over there. Can we get in there? I need to go over there. Can we, we need to do a ceremony in this. Can everybody hold hands? Okay, here we go. And it's just like, boom, 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 boom. And then we leave. My favorite place is to stand in Oak Creek Canyon, right in the water, looking up at that amazing cathedral rock. I can just stay there forever. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I had this vision so that beautiful. I was dropped off on the planet there. That's where I landed. <laughs> mm. well, could be. Uh, that's, we, we were there for a new moon, uh, not new moon, it was a full moon ceremony actually one year. And they have all these drummers that go out there on Cathedral Rock. Mm -hmm. It's it's quite something. It was amazing, actually. Wow. And you're singing and dancing, and but you're up on it. Yeah. You know, you're up on top. Yeah. And then the moon comes up, and it's everybody's supercharged. It was pretty cool. Wow. It, it's, yeah. it's Georgia O'Keefe. Oh yes, I was going to say. Were you thinking of Georgia O'Keefe? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and. She lived right across, basically across from where we went hiking. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so we saw a lot of her stuff there, too. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Yeah, so what, what's, um, and you? What's going on, Lauren? Oh, I'm just working away. Um, I had a shoot yesterday, and uh, so today I've been kind of, you know, in the, post shoot sort of editing and you know mm -hmm. just doing doing my thing so um yeah just a little bit of low energy today it was a, it was a big day it's always a big intense kind of uh thing which is good and um and then you just it's like coming off of that kind of a high so seems like yeah. we're, we're all sort of you know <gasps> bouncing around right now you know from you know just uh just just yeah so <laughs> I'm still, I'm, I'm still, uh, you know, percolating it and, uh, cause it's, it's a pretty, um, it's just, it's just the way my sessions go. That's all. It's good though. It's really good. I love it. I love it. It's like getting your cake and eating it too. It's brilliant. Mm. That's so, awesome. Well, it's that, it's that point in life, I think, where we, you know, if we're, if we're able to be able to do that, um, I think it's brilliant. You know, you get to that point where, you know, your kids are grown and maybe they've left home and, uh, and you've got that time, that space to kind of reinvent yourself. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. and that's why, uh, uh, Sandy, or one of our friends, her 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 dog died this summer, and he was such a good dog, and she's been thinking about getting a new dog. But then, he, you know, like you said, but then this other part of her thinks, if I get a new, it, it, it is, you know, it's like another child, and then you have to. There's responsibility, and you can't just go here and there. And and, and she's thinking, do I want that again right away? And because you know this is the time that her kids are getting older and and leaving the house or whatever. And this is the time that if she needs more freedom, then she can have it. So that's yeah. So she's even if she's she's thinking about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a tough call. It's a really tough call because there's all kinds of ways to justify it either way. <laughs> At yeah. the end of the day, you yeah. just got to, you know, follow your heart. And some people are just dog people or cat people. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's, um, 
I mean, yeah, I mean, that was me, right? Back in November. I was like, no, yeah. I can barely take care of myself right now. I don't need another animal. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. So, so topic, topic for, for today, today, ladies. Well, I think Gracie said it as uh, she wanted to talk about forgiveness. And uh, so, let her rip. <laughs> well, I just love the subject of forgiveness. I mean, I just think it's such um, it's one of those one of those areas that most people, including myself, have challenges with. I mean, um, you know, there can be little tiny incidences that a stranger does something to you that if you choose to forgive it, you know, you'll feel better. To you know, major events where I mean. Mm -hmm. Wow, like, you know, some things that you can't even fathom happen, right? So um, I, I guess I'll open it up to you ladies. Like, what would you like to, what about forgiveness would you want to explore? Well, you know, I think forgiveness is, uh, I think people tend to believe that it's the hardest thing to do, just like you said. And I think, you know, just dealing with the belief that it's something that's hard to do gets right into the whole elegance of, you know, the, to me, the, the spirit of forgiveness. And to me, it's always, it always comes back to the self. Ultimately we forgive the self. Um, but that's, that sometimes takes people a while to get there. So what do you, what do you say about the belief that it's the hardest thing the hardest thing to do. I I I actually think it is, and not not because it's hard as in I don't know how to do it, but for me, anyways, if I can really speak for myself, you know, if it's a little thing, it it matters not all that much. But if it's something that really uh, has affected you. Um, for me, the way to the only way I can forgive is when I actually I kind you kind of have to let go of all the ego, all like the the like who you have to, to almost I feel like I have to strip down to my core to do that because if I'm thinking of myself as a person. And do it as sort of like a, you know, a head thing. It doesn't really work for me. That's powerful, Barb, because, I mean, I think that is it in, an es in, in, in its essence is that to strip down to your core would be that really when we get right in there is mm -hmm. light and that is really what you are and, and that is nowhere near the head and the intellect it's yeah it's really deep in you know behind the heart and yeah. in in the body and um so absolutely like from from what i've learned about it and what i've practiced and it is definitely a practice it's not like oh now i just can forgive he's like everything just like lickety split no problem i'm just way more aware of when i'm holding and I'm not forgiving. That's what I'm aware of. So I'm like, okay, so you're holding something here. So what's going on there? Why are you holding it? And and how is this serving you? Because in the end, it doesn't. Like, it never does. And that's why I think the word itself is, like, really is forgiving to ourselves. Forgiving to ourselves. Peace back is how, how I see it. Because when we're angry with somebody or upset or sad or you know, jealous or whatever, whatever the emotion is, um, we're the ones who ultimately suffer because then we feel that in our bodies. So, and I'm just become very selfish as a person now where I'm like, I'm very in tune with when I'm feeling those things. I can feel when I hold back. I can feel when I totally give. Like, like, and of course the joy really, really comes when I'm giving. Right. So, um, the Course in Miracles, again, we talked about it in our first podcast, but for me that was, and I started that uh, many, many years ago, like 25 years ago, 
And there's exercises in there where you can practice forgiving a person. And I remember the first time I practiced it, I was still living in Hyde Park. And there was this woman who was very wealthy. She seemed to have everything going on, everything together. And I was this, like, mom who was, you know, getting by. Things were tough. And... And she just rubbed me the wrong way. And I started this. And this was just like a little thing. But she had said something to me, and I forget what it was. Anyways, I practiced this exercise around her. And then, lo and behold, the little miracle happened where, you know, at the the next time I saw her, she was absolutely wonderful and generous. And I was like, whoa, okay. And then, you know, it's experience, right, with anything, what the more you – uh, try something, and then if it actually gives you results that are of benefit to you, then you go, oh, I'll try it again, and so forth. So there are exercises in The Course in Miracles that, that teach interesting ways on how to forgive, and, and we can talk about that later if you want, but uh, that's, that's helped me a lot. What's your favorite one? My favorite one is the one where you, if you're familiar with them, is where you, so let's say you have an issue with somebody. Let's say you have an issue. Lots of people have issues with their parents. So let's pick that. So you have an issue with your mother, let's just say, and you're really, really upset with her. Like you're just, you know, you're just so, your heart is so closed and you're just so angry and she's just been so mean to you and there's, you have every reason not to be happy with her at all. And your anger is justifiable and, and so on and so forth. And so what what you would do is you think of somebody that the minute you think of them, there's just immediate light there. So I could think of either one of my children and boom, there's just ease. There's just peace. There's light. There's I think of them in my mind. They're in this bubble of light and there's so much light around them and they're just expanding. The more I look at them, they're just there's just light blowing out of them. And then I look over at this person who I don't like so much. So in this example, my mother. And ugh, like I'm almost repelled. So I go back to my kids. And it could be anybody. It could be it could be even an imaginary person I, I would assume. Um but basically, you keep doing this. You keep looking at the people that it's so easy to love and to feel love from. And then you look at uh, the person that you're being repelled from until you, even if you see like a dot of light in the person you're repelling against. And um, so if you see a dot of light, then you go back to, again, the... The, the people that are, or the person who's, who's giving you so much light. And you keep doing this until you can, and it could be a process, like depending on what the person has done to you, it could not happen in one day. It might be a process of, of months even. I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Each case is unique. Um, but you eventually start to see more light in the person that originally you, you know, you were completely repelled against. And the goal is then is to, the ultimate is that eventually they're completely enveloped in the same amount of light that you were getting from the original people, the first people that you were getting all that light from. And then you make this triangle where, you know, you're the centerpiece, you're one of the, one of the angles. And then let's say the mother's the one, another angle and the children, the other angle. And there's just all this beautiful love and light that's that's um, that's being processed between everybody. So it's very meditative for sure. But there's that that's a big piece of the Course in Miracles is to do a lesson and then meditate on it. And uh, you know, in my work, when I work with somebody and they're holding on to a resentment or you know, where it's it's clear they've been unable to forgive. Um, one of the things that I see is it's actually a powerful psychic attack that's going on where the person that's been wounded is actually attacking the person that wounded them. And uh, forgiving them means stopping that means giving up 
that sort of sense of this righteousness to hurt them for hurting them. And it's a really powerful psychic attack that can go on for years. And um, it's, it depletes both people tremendously. And when, and when I pick up on it like that and I see it, you know, it's like this, it's like this two-way, you know, in energy, like in, like the shape of an infinity, you could even see it like that. And it's destructive energy. It can kind of go both directions until just takes one person to stop. Just takes one person to stop that, mm-hmm. that attack. The world needs forgiveness, you know, it's at the individual level, but at the global level as well. It's just this giving up this sense that there's this righteousness to, to hurt mm-hmm. because of a hurt that's within. I think that's, I think that's where the, it's so hard for people because it's the, the, the belief is so deeply ingrained in this righteousness. And also, I think what I would add there, too, is there's almost sometimes like an addiction to the pain. Oh, yeah. You know, that there's this, there's this um, well, if I really forgive this, then what? Like, there's, a fear, there's also a fear of the unknown, you know, making that leap to the really to the heart center. It's they know how to work with the three chakra systems, let's say. And so to, to leave there and then go into actual heart is like, woo, like what will happen to me? Like, I don't, I'm not, I, I don't know. I'm too, I'm too afraid to go there. So I'll just stick with what I know and I'll just stay in this cycle of there's no way I'm going to forgive that person, you know, and, and, and that's that. And so there's that, I see that too. There's a piece of, of addiction there as well. You've heard that, um, you've probably both heard that sort of philosophy that we don't make a change until until the, the pain that we're perceiving of change is perceived as finally less than the pain of where we're at. And that's, that's that cycle yeah. of, of the addiction to the pain and just staying stuck because we're really mm-hmm. terrified of change. What about the biggest forgiveness, forgiving yourself? Well, that's, that's what, it all comes back to that. At, at, mm-hmm. When you process through it, you realize that it's not that other person that you need to forgive, it's yourself, you know, because it's, it's a, a ultimate self-abuse, really. Mm-hmm. Can you expand on that? Well, it's well, like, yeah. it's, ahead, you, you got us both going here. Yeah. It, it, it's, you know, like, it. You go ahead. You go ahead, Gracie. Well, what I was going to say there, Barb, is, is, is we get a choice, right? Especially as adults now. Like we, we, and especially living in North America, as, as North Americans, let's say that. So we, every day when we get up, we, get, we have free will to choose where we're going to put our attention. Like, really, we do. So if we choose to put all of our attention or most of our attention into our work or uh, and away from ourselves, I'll use that. So external things like keeping my house clean, my car clean, my friends happy, my husband happy, um, my body in shape, blah, 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 like all these things, right? But if we never check in with our emotional state, like for me now, before I get out of bed, for example, I check in and go, okay. Where am I at right now before I even start my day? Like, where am I? And I might be in a, in a weird place. Who knows? I had some weird dream or some upsetting thought came into my mind. I tend to wake up these days now and I'm already, like, starting to pick up things that are going to be coming in that day. So I'm like, okay, you know. But then I get to decide. I get to decide. How am I going to actually start my day before I get into my busyness? And what's really, really important for me personally is to be in a place of where I feel safe, where I feel protected, that I can totally be myself, that I can walk out the door and absolutely be myself and not have to worry about 
how people are going to um, respond to me. So for the most part, people are lovely with me. They respond to me beautifully. But there are some people who I know, because I'm sensitive now, are jealous of me, or the jealousy is probably a bigger one, um, maybe angry with me because I seem to be pretty centered and pretty even-heeled, whatever their stuff is. But I don't, I could, those are little examples, but I could hold any of that uh, personally. But I'm like, no, I'm, this is their stuff. This is their stuff. I've done my protection work. I always pray for a miracle for them and the situation if I feel things. So it's really honoring that I am entitled to be in bliss or at least in peace, um, as much as I am willing to give myself. So to tie it back to the self-loathing piece, if I don't like myself, though, and I ultimately, you know, believe that the pain that I'm feeling is what I'm supposed to be feeling or somehow somebody, some people believe something's doing it to them, so it's external again, I don't believe that. I believe that we have a choice in, um, I, I believe we have freedom. I believe we have complete freedom. I believe there are some perhaps darker energies out there, but we have freedom to protect ourselves from that. So again, it goes back to how much do I love myself? If I love myself enormously, then I'm, I'm going to forgive because it's going to feel better for me. And I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it uh, like, oh yeah, I forgive, I forgive, and really I don't. I'm going to work with it, like, and I do have lots of different tools that I use, until it's literally gone. And for me, again, the Course in Miracles is one of those tools. I will always pray for a miracle. If there's dissonance between me and whoever, immediately pray for a miracle. And every time, every time there's been a download on what to do, how to proceed. And then the situation completely changes and, and is healed. And I'm like, wow. And again, it's just that repetitiveness where it's, you see it happening over and over again. So it's a great tool. Um, I absolutely, and it's one of the um, thought forms from The Course in Miracles. Um, I am entitled to miracles. I am entitled to miracles. And... That also, what you were talking about, Lorianne, is, is ties into, and I was just taught this recently by a, a gentleman that I, I met who's been studying The Course of Miracles for 40 years. It often can be a change in perception for like from you, that your whole perception changes mm -hmm. about that person. And you go, oh, okay, I see they are this way because of this. And then the, the heart opens and there's compassion. You know, I'm, I'm kind of reminded of a, um, a little miracle that I experienced in Australia. And, and I, I feel like it's kind of tied in because, so if we look at the opposite state of, of forgiveness, you know, holding on to something, um, it's, it's like, you know, an irritation in, in that person's whole energy system, in their nervous system, in their thought system, their belief system. It's just this massive irritation and it could be decades old, right? And it's just sitting there and it attracts more calamity. It attracts more irritation and attracts more drama. And, you know, it's, it's, we've all met people where, you know, they've had this massive thing happen to them and then, and then it just kind of perpetuates itself. So I was shooting um, a baby and mom and dad in Australia. And the baby was only, oh gosh, like, I don't know, four weeks old. It's just a little bub. We're outside um, and they've got, um, they've got some beautiful um, traditional items that they want to have included with the baby. And we're in, uh, in their backyard and there's all this beautiful tall grass. And, and so I go, let's lay the baby down in the tall grass. It'll be beautiful. And the mom freaks out and she's like freaking out because there's bugs, right? And I'm like, no, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Look, so she's not comfortable about this, but she's reaching down into the tall grass with the baby 
and the baby is completely happy and content and cooing and her arms are covered in bugs and there is not one bug on the baby. <laughs> and I said, look, I said, I said, this is like, this is, this is kind of a little miracle happening because the baby does not hold that belief, you know, does, is not resenting the bugs. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So you see, can you see how this fits into this idea of, you know, as you say, for giving to the self and, uh, you know, giving ultimate freedom, ultimate liberation is having no beliefs at, at, at all. Just mm -hmm. having just being totally in the moment, being totally present. It doesn't have to do with anything. Uh, really, if you think about it, it's about being completely just present it doesn't have to do with opening your heart or or having a different perception it's just being in this state of pureness and you are ultimately protected in that state <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah I, I get, get that. that yeah it was amazing how they were covered on her arms and I go look at your arms look at the baby <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing that's amazing yeah I love it I love it this this idea that you know of it being hard and that the belief is you know says that it's hard to do this and breaking down the belief in some way it's it's affected them it's you know yeah and what you said too um something that sparked there for me Marianne was about being present because I think sometimes you know we we are we live with relationships that are in our minds linear and oftentimes people don't forgive also because you always do this. So it's not like we're present to this one experience. We're now we're going way back. Like, you know, and, and I'm guilty of this. We're like just the other day, recently I said this to my husband. I said, you always, and as soon as I said it, I, I apologized to him because I was like, oh my God, this actually isn't about you. Like, what's coming up here is about my dad. You know, yeah. this is my father here. This is not you. This is my father. You actually always are there for me. But what's happening here is triggering. And I'm yeah. still, I still need to heal that from back there. You know, so in our relationships, though, sometimes we, we have to really watch that because the healing is maybe not with the person in front of us but with the person who's passed on, who we can't have these conscious words with anymore, or maybe we'll never have these words with, or they moved away or whatever, right? Mm. And so the present piece, um, I think, is really important because if we can just be really present to right here, right now, I, again, from The Course of Miracles, you know, one of the thought forms there is forgiveness offers me everything I want. So um, part of the Course of Miracles is, is for you, ultimately, you know, it's spirit's will, wish for you to be happy. You know, that, that is its joy. We all have children, so we, we know when our kids are happy, we're happy. We're like, yes, they're happy. They're doing great. When they're not so happy, we're, you know, we're a little concerned, right? And I really believe spirit holds that as well. It wants us to be in our in our biggest bliss as we can be so that's a piece of it i think if we can really again i love what you said there Lorianne, about the presentness um because again that's something i learned really from working with my daughter is to be present and when we are present really present then we can deal with, I mean, really what's in the moment, what is happening right here, right now. And if we know that it has roots in the past, then we can go and do our own healing work on that at another time, like, you know, or whenever it's best suited for us to do that. Um, so, yeah, the present, the presentness is a piece of it, I think. It's when you're present, that's when miracles happen. Mm -hmm. And there's no, and there was no conditions, no expectations, and then miracles yeah. can happen. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you can't have any of that if you're present because yes, that's <laughs> you're just being with what is and not what you want, what you 
thought, what you wish is just what is. And, you know, in those times, I'm sure each one of us have experienced this. And when you are like that, it really is things, you know, reality takes on a whole different feel. Mm. You know, it, 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 it's so much more, you're so much more alive in many ways, even if you're doing nothing. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's totally alive. I feel when you're completely present, it's so it's so expansive and full. Like it's just so you could you could step out of the moment and you know you'd be out of it, and then you come back in. It's yeah. just like whoa, okay. And I know it's a quality that people just crave, even though they don't know what that is. And when they experience it with someone who is being present, um, you see a whole change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's powerful. It's definitely very powerful. Yeah. I have a little, um, a very simple little technique that, that I've been using for quite some time you know, when I need to, it's not like you do it constantly, uh, that, that seems to bring me very present. And I think, you know, you probably have a a method, both of you, do you both have a a method just to kind of bring you present? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so share. (laughs) (laughs) I always equate it with being present when I'm with someone and the key piece there is listening Mm. and truly listening to the person Um, that in itself is um, it opens up something for me that allows me to be present because only if I'm present that I'm able to really listen to the person without judgment without advice, without, you know, just really just be interested. And, and that's how, that's how I try to be with, you know, with what I do. I speak to lots of people I meet lots of people. Um, and I always, that's, I find great joy in that. And when I find myself drifting, that's, that's when it's like, okay, I'm like, I'm out of it kind of thing. You know, one of the things that um, Dave King taught me years ago, he would bring it forward at the beginning of a, of a workshop. And it would be, you know, being in a state of agreement listening, which isn't really listening. Mm-hmm. Disagreement listening, which isn't really listening. <laughs> Not listening, listening. <laughs> And, and just, you know, like what you're talking about, just being really present and listening and being open to everything without, uh, you know, archiving it or compartmentalizing it or in some way trying to put it into what you can relate to. And, you know, you, you understand what I mean? Like it's, it's interesting mm-hmm. listening to people talk and one person will share and another person will share their piece and um sometimes it's just nice to let one person talk about themselves and just hold that space open for them and really listen instead of it being like a ping pong game yeah hold that space is the key Mm. so how how do you find what what do you do to when you're just with yourself to be completely in that alignment of being present. I don't have a routine. Grace, you probably do. I think for me with, um, to, to just to tap in again is meditation really works for me a lot. Focusing on my breath, um, really becoming just breathing and just becoming one with my breath. Things like playing piano, you know, it gets me present very quick. Um, and I love when I'm in the flow there. Um, I use quite a few sound things. Like in my home, I have different sound 
instruments that I'll use that will just, um, I'll really zone in. It's kind of like what you were talking about, Barb, in that it's just not with a person, it's with a sound. Mm-hmm. So I'll really listen to the sound and I'm really hearing it. I'm hearing the waves of the sound. And then I do do definitely some exercises that I've learned through the Grandmother's Healing Haka that really I feel ground me and nurture me and protect me, uh, what I was talking about earlier. And then when I, I do all of that before I even turn on my phone, before I even let what I would call the outside world in, I do all of that. And then I'm like, okay, I'm here. Now, if I was let's say busy and working and I teach music. So I go from house to house. And if I was feeling maybe not so present, although teaching I find is very similar to what you were talking about, Barb, really being in the stream of what does this child need right now? Mm -hmm. Um, And really listening to where are they? And, um, but you know, sometimes I'll get in my car and there might be like 10 messages or whatever. And I might, I feel it in my body where I start to get overwhelmed. I'll just shut the phone off. (laughs) Literally. Like I'm like, okay, that's enough of that. And breathe and do a meditation. And then I'm like, okay, I'm back. Yeah, that's beautiful. And it's that, it's such a, it's such a good thing to have, you know, to start your day off in that, in that sort of really setting that, that rhythm, that intention. That's really beautiful. Mm. Mm. And and the and Laurie, and you know this how how I've all sorry. Did we lose you? Hmm. Um oh uh, okay, you just came back on, darling. I think I lost you uh, about thirty seconds ago. Start again. Oh, I've always loved art and what Grace was talking about, you know, that I've always said when I would either when I'm looking at art or in the past when I was doing art, that's when I am in the zone and just Zen, just time doesn't really exist. Uh, you know, I will have no idea how long I've been doing that, whether I'm looking or painting or whatever it is. Um, that's like, that's when I'm alone and present. Like, that's my element. So out of time and space. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's true though. I mean, yeah. even Gracie, you were talking about, you know, you know, uh, using sound as a way to kind of, you know, like reconnect, you know, you know, like the, just that creating your own ephemeral really moment to kind of realign you, you know, like gonging something or, or hitting a chime or a drum or anything. It's interesting how sound is so powerful to mm-hmm. bring us back into that alignment, but it has to, it has to hold that, intention to begin with you know um it's uh, it's really cool and and the breath work too that's that's so important just that's what gets me that's for me that's always like you i do uh, i like the sounding thing um but it's a different experience to breath work and the simplest breath work that i that i find really effective and i teach it to a lot of people because it's so simple and it's just to you know, you know, follow the breath, literally feel, you know, the, your breath as it's warm coming out of the, out of your nose or over your lips. And if you just focus on that, you can't think of anything else except that. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really powerful and so simple. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so, and it does sort of, so all these little things, they all make a difference. It's so important to have little personal practices. And um, as you both know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know what I would add to that too, is when you can be outside and then connect it to a tree, you okay. know, where there's this exchange where you're like, oh yeah, like because of you, I get to breathe too. Like, so there's this real, you know, 
there's something about being in nature, of course, too, that is very, makes you very present. Yes. Um, so, especially, you know, I live in Jasper, so you're very present to animals. Uh, you're like, is there a bear around the corner? Is there a cougar, you know, hanging from a tree? Like, you're very awake as to what is going on right around you. So, uh, but that appreciation of, um, yeah, without you, I would not be here, actually, you know? So I, I really love that too. It's interesting yeah. how there's all these different ways of being very present and they have different qualities, but they, but they all have, they all have some kind of similar quality of just being present. Do you feel everyone has to find their own methodology? I think so. I think absolutely. Cause it's, you know, I mean, we're all so unique and have different tendencies. And I think that for what works for one, it doesn't necessarily work for all. In the breath. And, you know, I've, I've done that as well, but doesn't, for me, maybe I'm just haven't done it enough, but um, it, it kind of, it stresses me out a little bit. For some reason, when I'm actually just focusing, trying to focus on my breath, which is the opposite of, you know, what you guys get out of it. Well, it could just be that you're approaching some kind of uh, an internal little, uh, you know, membrane of resistance to making, you know, going past that to another level of self-connection. That's what it feels like. So I would I would try to stick with that and try to just you know each time you get there it might get a little bit thinner and a little bit thinner and you might just suddenly arrive at a new kind of awareness and that breath sort of took you there cuz it's it's kind right. of magical right breath it's pretty it's you know it's spirit mm-hmm. oh it's life yep Mm-hmm. That's the thing, right? I mean, you can go without food for a good amount of time. You can go without water, but you can't go without breathing. You know, it's the key thing. It's 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 what gives us life. It's that first breath of life. A baby comes out and takes that first breath in. I mean, it is the foundation. And I think I think I, I, I'd have to agree with you, Lorianne. There is is uh, you know, absolutely we can be uncomfortable in in yoga, in breath work, in haka, and that's because it's bringing up stuff that we need to look at. You know, that we that's where the and particularly if you're living a very scheduled life, then it's like part of your anxiety could be. Um, I gotta go, you know, like, I don't have time for this breathing stuff. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so funny. Right? And I mean, it is the core. It's the core, right? So it's, it's, uh, and then another thing too, for a lot of people I know is that they feel like they're not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. Right. So, mm-hmm. so there's that too, right? There can be beliefs about that. Well, you know, if you believe that you always have to be doing something to be loved, let's say, um, then that's going to be, it's going to create some anxiety for you, for sure, you know? Yeah. Um, but looks like I've got, got some work to do. <laughs> oh, well, we all do. It never ends. And that's right. Always know, more, always more. Always more. And then when we stop breathing, the work doesn't stop then either. So... <laughs> This idea of um, forgiveness again, just to sort of add that piece, you know, speaking to spirits that have crossed over that were at one point, you know, living and um, connecting to their loved ones. And sometimes they, they're looking for forgiveness. They're, mm-hmm. they're looking for that resolution, that redemption. And um, it's interesting so that they take it with them when they cross over. They take unresolved 
and they seek to resolve it. And uh, yeah, it's it's always um, when that happens, when that energy comes up of a spirit seeking forgiveness. <clears throat> It's instant, you know. the 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 person on the other side in this in this world is, um, you know, always a taken back that that they've been holding on to that, and uh, you know the compassion that that comes forward. And it's interesting, just looking at it from. I mean, ha, we we've pretty much covered this from every every which way. I don't know if there's any other ways to look at it. I'm sure there is. Do you have any other ideas? Can, can I share? Can I share a little story? I just want to just because that really brought tears to my eyes, Marianne, when you were speaking there. And um, if I do, we have time to share a little story about uh, because my my mother, both my parents actually have passed on, but um, I had this wonderful experience. Is this okay? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So I had uh, a wonderful experience with a very good friend of mine last winter. And what it was, was we, we went down to Edmonton from Jasper. It was a snowstorm there. It was a snowstorm back. We were in a blizzard from Edmonton to Calgary. I mean, it was just like a blizzard everywhere we went. And she's a beautiful, my friend is a beautiful, beautiful woman. And for some reason along the way, she, she turned in my mind into my mother. And I was just like getting more and more agitated by her every minute. And it was just like, oh, my God, what is going on here? Like, it was like my mother was in the car with us. And, you know, having done the work that I've done, I totally took full responsibility for this. And I was like, okay, so I'd work on stuff when I wasn't with her. And luckily for her, um, she was staying with some other friends at, at a certain point. And so I got to dialogue around this and, you know, got some nuggets about my own beliefs about certain things. And um, anyways, we, we came back to my place and she lives further west than I do in a small town. And uh, she stayed overnight here. And um, we were sitting having tea or something in the morning, and somehow I just, based on things that she had talked about during this trip and so forth, I totally had this vision of my mother as a little child, and she was like two or three years old, and I saw her walking with her aunt. And it was this most incredible moment because I realized right then and there, oh my God, my mother suffered from separation anxiety all her life and never could put a finger on it. She had no words for it. She probably didn't even know that that's what was causing a lot of angst for her. Um, but then how that played out as her daughter in this lifetime is I found her to be quite controlling and she would drive me crazy. You know, I'd be like, you know, my mom would be the type of mom that I'd be at a party in Lake Louise. And this was long before cell phones and someone would hand me a landline phone and go, it's your mother. And I'd be like, what? Like, how could she find me? You know, it's unbelievable. But there was this, and I just started to, ball like I started crying so hard because all of a sudden I had such a compassion for my mother because her her mother was sick when she was born basically so she gave um her you know her daughter my mom to this her sister and she was raised by this sister for three years but then now she had to go back to her real mom and you know all the confusion around that you can imagine and now knowing so much more about trauma I just had this, it was such a blessing. It was such a healing. And then the forgiveness, you know, so much, like, again, that understanding came in. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, I get it. I get it now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think time, too, is um, is also, it comes, it comes in its magical moments. Like, different layers get, you know, peeled. Uh, as long as we're open to them, I think as long as we're, doing our own work, you know, because I could have totally blamed my girlfriend and just been like, oh, my God. like. But I recognize, like, no, this is my stuff. Like, I don't know what's going on here, but this is my stuff. And and then when that 
showed itself. It was like a movie. I literally saw it. I was like, wow, wow. So that was uh, it was very powerful. <laughs> Well, for me, I think the last thing I want to say is that I think um, the most important thing is to try to always uh, try to forgive ourselves for so many things. You know, for those of us who are who set very high standards for ourselves or the world around us, um, that's especially important. And I think until we get or I get more comfortable, more, or, or adept at forgiving myself for all sorts of things. I think if I can do that, then I can others much easier. Yeah, I don't know if it's any easier one way or the other. It's just, (laughs) I guess, you know, I mean, I I think we do that a lot, don't we? We we go, well, when I get to this, then I can do that, you know? And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's all, it's all, it's all part of the same thing, I think, you know, whether it's with the self or with others or, or both. Mm. It's, it's all liberating, ultimately. There's a beautiful book uh, written by Neil Donald Walsh. Uh, you ladies might know it. It's called The Little Soul in the Sun. And I would absolutely recommend everybody to, to read it if they haven't. Because when I read it the first time, I just wept through it. Like I just, oh, wow. There was so much truth in it that I just was like, oh, my God. And, and a big piece of it actually is around this, those people who, who hurt us the most. Um, in the story, uh, you know, these people, we ask for them is the way the story goes that we ask for them to do this stuff to us before we came in here so we could learn to forgive. Mm -hmm. Like that, that's the, that's the power of this particular story. Um, but I have to share this too, because this little girl that steps forward to help this little soul before they come into the planet, she says to him, I will do this for you. I will come into your next life and I will do something terrible to you. So terrible. And, um, and you will, you will be able to, you will be able to experience what it means to forgive. And that will because that's coming from a loving place. Um, and then you'll know who you are. You'll know that you are the light of the world because, because you'll feel it. You'll feel like, I could forgive this. Like, this is incredible, right? And she says, and this is key, she says, but you have to promise me something. And she says, in the moment that I smite you, in the moment that I hurt you, you have to remember who I am. Because I will have forgotten. Because I will have taken my light down to such a low frequency that I will totally have forgotten who I am. So you will have to remember who I am. And this little boy in the story says, Oh, I will, I will. I promise you I will. Thank you so much for doing this for me. You know, and and there's more. It's just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful story. So... I remember yeah. seeing that um, that book years ago. I haven't read it, but it sounds beautiful. I'll put it mm. in the show notes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a good one. Yeah. It's a great one. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, what a beautiful and nurturing conversation, ladies. Yay! <laughs> well, actually, yeah, I have a suggestion for a future um, topic. We can each pick a favorite book and talk about it. Oh, wow, that's a good one. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) There's so many. Can I include my own? (laughs) (laughs) That's That's a whole show by itself. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It was lovely, lovely again. Yes, it was lovely, ladies. And yes, we have no problem cranking past the minutes, do we? So, <laughs> but I love it. it's all good. 
All right. Well, you girls have a lovely night, and we will uh, we'll talk to you again soon, and and uh, you know just find this nice place to share. It's beautiful. Thank, Thank you so, so much, Marianne, for setting this up, and Barb again connecting us all. And have a lovely, lovely evening, ladies. Yep. You yes. too. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. <laughs> you can sing. Night. And let your dreams come true. I'm glad you stayed and listened, and maybe connected to something within yourself. Go easy.